Let's turn to things local and of uh, greater concern, and that includes a funeral to be held today in Barrie for an OPP officer, 28 years old. Greg Prashala will be remembered in a... My, it's not entirely private because it's going to be streamed and televised, but the public is not welcome to actually attend in person. And for many people, this has become a ritual that is all too familiar because too many police officers have died in Ontario this year. Here with more perspective on this is Mark Mendelson, our crime specialist, former homicide detective and police officer with Toronto Police Service. Good morning, Mark Mendelson. Good morning, John. I feel that we've had this conversation several times already because there is a certain ritual to remembering and paying tribute to a police officer. But so far, I think we've done it four times in the last six months. Yeah, we've done it a lot. I remember when we talked about the, the first... Uh a police funeral, I guess it was Constable Hong at that time. We talked about the fact that there is a playbook that police services use for these for these types of events. Um, I could, you know, unfortunately, it looks like that playbook has been refined and used far more than they ever expected to. So we're going to see this funeral today. And again, there'll be a lot of questions. I mean, I'm, I'm not suggesting that today's the day to sort of bring those questions to the forefront, but there'll be a lot of questions relating to the fact that uh, both of these individuals charged were out on bail. One of them had a very serious uh, criminal history and, uh, you know, uh, lifetime firearm prohibitions in place at the time of the shooting when he was in allegedly possession of a weapon. So there'll be a lot of things that we, you know, that would be talked about by individuals, by officers, by families, by the community. Um, and, you know, the fact that, that they're charged criminally means we're going to have to wait until that trial proper, till the answers to these questions, you know, sort of come to the forefront. Uh, but it's, you know, it sort of begs the whole second discussion about bail reform form in this country and and how our, our provincial jails are being used and in what condition they're in uh you know vis-a-vis -vis, uh judges who don't want to send these people to uh to do their pre-trial uh, pre, pre custody. Lots of things are going to come out of it, but at the end of the day, today's the day for this officer, his family, um, thousands of officers, thousands of people will be there, and uh, you know, hopefully this is the last one that we see in 2023. It's a very, very special skill, I have to think, that uh, there is usually one officer, sometimes more, but usually one officer who is assigned to the family of the deceased police officer to guide them through this entire process. And so we will probably see today the family getting out of a vehicle and being greeted by the officer who has spent a considerable amount of time with them since uh, Greg Prashala was killed. Correct. There, there are liaison officers that are just dedicated to the family, and generally speaking, somebody from the local, uh, from the police association, is also involved. The idea is that the family should want for nothing during this time. I mean, this is a shock. This is a tragedy. It's unexpected. It's sudden. Um, you know, but when we look at these funerals, everything you're going to see today has been sort of run through the family, and and their blessings have been have been given with, re with respect to where the event's going to take place, the officiating of it, the MC of it all of these things go through the family and if had, had they said look at we want to have this this funeral to be private in a barn at the back of our property that's what the police would have facilitated so everything we're going to see today has the blessing of the family it's a hard day for you know not just not just the families but for for all police officers absolutely i've seen a lot of tears as the uh, uh, as the 
officer's body has been taken first to the uh, coroner's office, then to the funeral home. Let's turn to the Toronto police budget. Here's John Tory on the Vashi Capello's show yesterday saying it was actually a mistake not to increase the police budget in previous years. No, I think it, it, it caused us to reconsider. So it caused us, to, for example, to set up for the first time here in the city of Toronto, I think the first time in Canada, a response to people in distress that entirely is staffed by mental health professionals and separately budgeted uh, by by the city. So that $12 million, for example, we're spending this year on having mental health professionals answer calls from people in distress might otherwise have been in the police budget, but it wasn't. So it allowed us to constrain the growth in the police budget, but also to still spend the money on investing in something that's an alternative and I think a very welcome alternative. And so, no, I, these are not either or choices. It's, it's uh, you know, that we should be doing these things and others together uh, as part of an overall effective package to keep community safe. So the budget last year was about $1.1 billion. John Tory is throwing another $48.3 million at it. That's going to be about 200 new uniformed police officers on the streets. Does this make sense to you? Yeah, it does, John. I mean, there, there has been a, a, a serious lack of uh, personnel available with the uni- within the uniform branch of this police service for years now. Um, and, and, you know, w- when we have incidents taking place in the TTC, everybody jumps on. We need more police at the TTC. We need more visual pre- presence. We have a guns and gang situation. We need more investigators. We me- need more guns and gang projects, uh, sexual assaults, inve- you know, homicides, uh, you know, people complaining about carjacking. We need more officers. We've got to build a task force. All Well, all of the officers that go into these things have to come from somewhere. And you don't take Normie New Guy, who just came out of the police college, and say, here, you're going to be a carjacking investigator. It doesn't work that way. You have to pull seasoned officers you know, with, with particular investigative expertise out of the positions that they're in at that particular time and move them to these other specialized units. Now, if we want that, then you have to backfill the number of officers that are actually in the cars that are answering the calls for service. And, you know, some, some of the local politicians, I won't name any names other than maybe Josh Matlow, you know, who say, let's defund this thing. Well, you know what? Josh Matlow's particular ward in, in includes 53 division and 13 division. I talked to officers that are in there not that many years ago they were putting 15 16 17 cars on the road per shift i can tell you that on some nights now in those divisions three uniform cars are going out on the road on large large divisions so when somebody calls 911 and you find out that it's going to be six or seven hours till an officer gets to your home, depending on the priority call. That's not ex- acceptable to to the general public as well. When you get into a car accident at, at Bathurst and Eglinton and have to wait three and a half hours for a police car to arrive, that's not acceptable either. You can't suck and blow. You know, if you want all the, if you want all these investigative techniques to take place, and you want these you want people to feel safe, and you want all these programs. We talk about all the all the sort of community programs that should be that should be sort of put in place those are part of the solution but they are not the solution and they take years to sort of reap their rewards but in the interim bad guys are doing bad things out there to us and you know as as a community we should expect that when you call 911 that you don't get put on hold so they're answering that by putting more dispatchers 
into the system. We're adding 200 plus officers. We're adding special constables. This is a great idea. This is a great program that's been in place that takes the uniform officers away from such, such you know, the tasks as guarding a crime scene or canvassing on the streets. Those officers can now go back into the cars and attend to those calls for service. But we've got cars out there, John. These officers are sitting with 15, 16 calls on their computers, they're backlogged. And this is this is one of the answers. I'm all for the transparency. If the money's gonna go, if the budget's gonna be approved, then I would love to see a line by line as to where that where those funds are gonna go. But if we want these things like guns and gang task force, carjacking task force, and more money put into mental health, uh, you know, uh, crisis teams that are out there. These officers have to come from somewhere, and they need to be backfilled. And I think it's short-sighted and real serious misinformation when certain politicians are are actually going the other way and saying, "Let's defund this ten percent." It's ridiculous. Thank you, sir. Good to have you. Have a good morning.